0: And welcome back, everybody, to the freaking awesome podcast. And this is episode 48. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's kill that bass head. All right, let's do this. I'm on the air we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mice. We gotta let you know Of current events, little gaming, sprinkle in some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still think we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let the magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, t and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Freakin' Awesome Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Bowes, and sitting virtually across from me is my co-host, Matty G.
0: Hello, hello. How are you, Mr. Tony? Doing well today, my friend. How are you? Oh, not too bad. You know, just uh, staying inside and... uh enjoying uh, the air conditioning today
1: i'm i'm jealous i'm not in the ac section of the house i'm in the the hot studio so um oh, yeah, and it, and it's been a beautiful day just... and it's 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 hot yeah <laughs> 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 for sure uh let's uh talking about hot uh, let's talk about today's guest Uh, He is uh, well known for for many different uh, acting features. He's got a a lot of things under his belt, uh, but one that stands out amongst many. And uh, one of the the reasons we were really excited to have him here on the show today, uh, we have uh, Dominic Pace from The Mandalorian. Dominic, how are you doing today? I'm
2: doing great. Hello to you gentlemen and hello to all your listeners.
1: We are super excited to have you on the show. I'm actually, I wish we were on the video. I'm wearing my Star Wars t-shirt today uh, just because <laughs> of, of, of being able to have you on the show.
2: Thank you. no. Happy to be here. And uh, the fans, I mean, that, that passion from the fans, is the reason I'm here, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am to receive so much attention as a side character. But as a Star Wars fan myself, Uh, I've been enjoying every minute, and uh, been extremely grateful.
1: Honestly, you are living my childhood dream. Uh, And uh, (laughs) before we get into to that and many more, uh, Maddie G, how about you uh, hit
0: us up with the news? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, (laughs) this this piece of news comes from Thailand. So uh, Thai vets are performing mass sterilization as hungry monkeys terrorize the tourist city. So I read about this. I couldn't even believe it. But uh, yeah, anyways, we'll dig in here. So Thailand has started sterilizing hundreds of monkeys uh, in a city famous for its Macaw population as the coronavirus pandemic leaves them hungry, aggressive and wrestling food from terrified residents. Um, Lopburi province and its 2,000 monkeys have long been a draw for tourists from around the world who typically feed them and pose with them for selfies and other pictures. Uh, since Thailand closes borders on April 4th to control the coronavirus, the monkeys are not adapting to the, the new version of normal. Um, they're so used to having tourists feed them, and the city provides no space for them to fend for themselves. Um, with the tourists gone, they've been more aggressive, fighting humans for food to survive, she said. They're invading buildings, and they're actually forcing locals to flee out of their homes. Um, Unlike monkeys in the wild, city monkeys need not hunt for food, giving them more time and energy to reproduce and cause trouble. Um, To try to control their fast-growing populations, authorities have uh, this week placed big cages around the city with tantalizing fruits, uh, hoping to lure around 300 monkeys in for sterilization. Holy shit.
1: Wow. (laughs) Talk about the forbidden fruit. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh, that is crazy. Oh, um, these
0: vets aren't monkeying around, right? <laughs> I was,
1: <laughs> was going to try to work that in somehow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so that's yeah, it,
0: just a crazy story I came across, true story, and I was just like, wow, that's uh that's wild.
1: I, well, I feel that like that that's not the monkey's fault, right? Like they they brought no. these things in, they use them as a as a, a tourist attraction. They they give them food. Of course, they procreate. And now they're just like, you know what? We're sterilizing you. Yeah. Wow. It's like getting yeah. married. What? No. Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> interesting. All right. Uh, I actually also had uh, some animal-related news, but uh, I, I really want to keep things d- down very, very low because, uh, uh, of course, uh, of our guest, and we want to spend some more time uh, asking questions. So, my article uh, t- title is, John Balmer was arrested wearing a I Have Drugs t-shirt. So, a Florida man, good old Florida... <laughs> <laughs> he may be questioning his wardrobe choice after being arrested for meth and marijuana possession while wearing a shirt reading, who needs drugs? No, seriously, I have drugs. The <laughs> John Bomber, who's 50, was arrested in a Kmart department store in Hudson, Florida, on Tuesday, uh, according to the Pasco Car- uh, County Sheriff's Office, who posted a photo of Bomber wearing the shirt on his Facebook page. Um Bomber had been charged on one count of possession of meth and another count of possession of marijuana. not more than twenty grams authorities said uh, you know I, so I, I feel like this is one of those it was kind of like the uh, uh remember the 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 floor mat or the the doormat uh, article we had uh, several episodes ago where they are like uh, if where's your warrant um yeah, if you're wearing a shirt like that, I mean you might as well be prepared.
0: Yeah, that's that's just hilarious. Man. Yeah, like
1: yeah. you should see his look at look on his uh, on his face on his uh, mugshot, though. It's, it's clearly like that. Damn, really? should didn't think this shirt through kind of look on his face. <laughs>
0: Only in Florida. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Oh Excellent. Love it. So, Dominic, uh, thanks again for coming up on the show
2: huh thanks for
1: having me uh, i i gotta i gotta tell you um so i had mentioned earlier like you you are living a, almost every childhood dream right now uh as as a new star wars character and even working with the franchise alone uh, i i gotta ask you how did it come about like how did you you land this part
2: well you know i've been a blue collar character actor for about twenty plus years i don't turn down work um i have booked a number of guest stars throughout the years uh and i've Basically, to the, uh, to the, to the <laughs> disappointment of some agents, uh, they always wanted me to just stay at the guest star level. But, you know, there's an old 1955 film called Marty to where I don't, basically, I, I, it's not that I, I don't want to continue to progress within my career, but it's one of these things to where I just love being on set. So I never turned down work. And this happened to be a simple makeup test, which someone of my credit probably would turn down, most of my peers would probably turn down but I just said, you know what, I would rather be on set, I'd rather be working and doing whatever uh, that's involved in the film industry than doing all the actor odd jobs here in Hollywood. So I went on this makeup test, and I had previous experience with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., with Marvel. Uh, I was in Bright with uh, Will Smith. I was one of the Orcs. Yep. And then I also doubled, a fun fact, uh, Frankenstein on Ben Helsing uh, in 2002 opposite Hugh Jackman. So there was a lot of prosthetic with that. It's not the most enormous talent to have, but you can't be claustrophobic. You have to be patient. You've got to be friendly and down to earth because these makeup artists are working with you for sometimes up to six hours. So I happened to, I called in by a gentleman by the name of Brian Seif, who's one of the heads of the makeup department at Legacy Effects. Legacy Effects is one of the top makeup industry uh, uh, companies within Hollywood uh, and Atlanta. And he headed up actually Drax David Batista over at Guardians of the Galaxy okay. for every one of uh, the movies that he was involved in. Anyhow, long story short, we hit it off. There was no guarantee of work whatsoever after that one day of makeup test. But just like a gentleman, I just handed my business card. We actually talked briefly about our, our love of uh, science fiction, even including Star Wars. And I just said, you know, do you mind me asking, what is this for? And he, he said, look, we've got to keep it uh, just uh, NDA right now, you know, non-disclosure. Two weeks later, I get called in for a screen test. And once I heard a screen test, I said, God, whatever this is, whether it's Marvel or DC, I didn't even think Lucasfilm, this has got to be pretty major to be called in for a screen test because that usually means that the production has a tremendous budget. Normally, when you get called in for a production, you're normally just called in and you go to work that day because budget can't allow uh, to have that extra day of testing. I get in, it's an NDA agreement, I see Lucasfilm on the top. All of a sudden, I started shaking just a little bit, but it wasn't until I was invited into a private wardrobe office uh, headed by Stephen A. Porro, a uh, legendary costume designer. He'd done previous uh, Star Wars uh, projects uh, to where I started seeing the artwork on the wall, and then i I'd go over to a hanger. He leads me into another room, and it says, Dominic Pace, Bounty Hunter, uh, with three different clothing options, and I was just beyond words. My hands started going numb. Um, obviously, a tremendous amount of excitement because just like you gentlemen and so many people listening, I've been a fan since 1980. Uh, I was five years old. When I received my first playset, it was a cantina playset, and on day one of filming, walked, to be taken in uh, to this cantina with George Lucas and John Favreau standing at the bar talking about the history of the Mandalorian, and to be this one-of-a-kind bounty hunter created by Brian Seitz himself, uh, nicknamed Gecko, uh, was just beyond words.
1: Uh, absolutely amazing. And, and speaking of your, your past and uh, about being a huge Star Wars fan uh, yourself, uh, you have actually quite a Star Wars collection, if I, if I heard correctly.
2: That's correct. If you YouTube Dominic Pace Entertainment Tonight, uh, you know, I was a kid in the candy store just like everyone else in 1999 at midnight. Uh, all the Toys R Us in the United States of America were uh, filled with all Gen Xers and younger kids uh, just having a great time reliving the old 80s memories. And uh, they did a little feature on me. I had a film I was starring in called uh, Miramax's That's the Way I Like. It was a really cheesy spinoff of Saturday Night Fever, yeah. and they couldn't go with the end of me being a, a celebrity, so they said, we know you have a huge Star Wars collection, episode one is coming out, uh, so I was just happy to show the whole world my collection in my closet, uh, but I love the vintage. Uh, you know, people ask me what I collect. I just love the vintage because, most importantly, it brings back those innocent memories of childhood when I was with my mom, uh, with my grandparents, and just having a great time in uh, 40 minutes north of New York, uh, in a town called Austin, New York, that's where I grew up. Okay.
1: That's that is amazing. Uh, you know, I, I know all those toys, uh, you know, like I grew up with them myself. I mean, they they really made them to last and they were absolutely fantastic back then. So it's always nice when, uh, you know, something new comes out in Star Wars and uh, they they start making new pieces. And, and I'm, I'm assuming for collectors old and young, uh, I mean, just seeing the new products that come out. And uh, I mean, to me, I, I still look at some of the original characters and and they just they were so unique uh they weren't overly posable uh, you know your arms moved the legs moved a lightsaber came out a hand kind of thing which was pretty cool um but uh you know with with today's technology they they're making them uh, quite articulate and uh, so realistic to scale and uh and and now it it kind of looks like online that's uh, something you have to look forward to yourself
2: Oh God. Oh, you mean in terms of my own figure?
1: Yeah. I've I've seen some people out there trying to, to jump the gun and get these things made and uh Yeah. Yeah. That's I, yeah.
2: you know, it, it my heart breaks because fifteen years ago, Lucasfilm, if you were a table in the corner of episode two, you'd have a figure by by now. Yes. Um, you know, Disney kind of <laughs> switched Disney has kinda switched it a little bit to where even the lead bounty hunters, you know, in episode five, I believe, uh with Bill Burr. Uh, they haven't received anything yet, and obviously due to COVID, it's kind of uh, changed off. But I'll tell you, the fans have been just absolutely amazing. And uh, the, the campaign, I just got a great tweet from the head of Star Wars Bounty Hunters from Marvel yesterday. is for everyone to see on, on my Twitter, uh, in, where Ethan Sachs himself, uh, who's the creator of this comic book, is trying to get Gecko and get him some canon story as well. So the fans have just been absolutely amazing, and I've just re- been reciprocating in terms of how much I can do in regards to charitable organizations like the 501st, the Rebel Legion, uh, Fifth Dynasty, Mandalorian Mercs, anything I can do to make a kid happy, whether sending a video or obviously this big tour that I have going throughout the country uh, starting in a few days. Um, I've just been so grateful for all the attention. And the beauty of Star Wars is really about hope. It's about friendship. It's about togetherness. That's always what I've been about. So to be able to be a small ambassador of that has uh, just been an honor for me over the last seven months and looking forward to continuing that on throughout my career there
1: that's fantastic fantastic now now Maddie I know you and I are a bit of a different uh, generation gap but uh, you're you're a huge you're a big tech nerd just like myself so uh, you're, you're much of a Star Wars fan as I am right
0: oh yeah man like yeah. Uh, it's funny it's I was I I was really big into Star Wars and yeah uh, and it was funny because my, my grandfather, I remember, uh, you know, growing up and in, in my family, like my my media family, mom, dad, sister, we were always into Star Wars, but my grandfather was really into Star Trek. So cool. did we ever have some interesting, uh, we'll call them discussions yep. uh, around which one was better? Uh, yes, <laughs> so, the Star Bait, yes. <laughs> um, but you know what's funny? He got me to watch some episodes of Star Trek and and uh, yeah, I learned to appreciate it as much, but Star Wars has always had a special place in my heart. And um, but I never had the old figures. I was always a He-Man kid. I always had Masters of the Universe. You'll
1: get the hell off this podcast right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's I cool. I had some honest, of those right? too. I did. I did. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, that's I'm, uh, that's uh, another apologetically honest. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Yes. We actually just went. We we so my kids uh, hadn't seen the originals, uh, and we just watched. Uh, the remasters, the 4K remasters that just okay. came out of the originals, Yep. and uh, they love them. They, they loved every single one of them. It's funny because um, they're at the age now where they're a little analytical, and and uh, <laughs> like in episode three, there where he, where he's uh, my son just wouldn't let it go. Why Anakin would jump over Obi Wan when he had the high <laughs> ground? He's like. He- that is so stupid. he had the high ground <laughs> so anyways, we, yeah. uh, we had some good laughs, and it's nice to see uh, you know spreading the the Star Wars love into the the younger generation as well so
1: for sure so uh, Dominic, you were you were mentioning that uh, and I, and I think I've actually even seen some of these uh, drawings myself, but uh, you know they're they're looking at going the uh, the way of a, a potential uh, comic book history or, or a backstory for for gecko.
2: Uh, That's correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we've done a really innocent campaign. I was scared at first because I thought, you know, we signed a lot of strict uh, agreements. And I was afraid when I first started doing my first interviews that I might have got an email from uh, Disney or one of the productions or casting. And so far, I think they've just been really pleased in terms of the way that I've handled myself and have gone about this. I think Dave and John, they're they're fans like we are. And I think they understand the importance of side characters. I don't think they had any plans for my character. The good news is I'm not dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Even though in episode three, you know, it got pretty heated. um but i just kind of went with it and more and more it was like where i would start the fans would pick off i mean you know they would they would pick up and they would just basically say hey um i'd get an email and maybe i'd commission one artist but then another artist would come to me and say hey do you mind if i draw you can i have a question about the back of your head i have a question about your blaster how was it was there was there a curved dagger do you know what kind of gun it was and little by little i started storing more and more information and now it's just kind of taking on a life of its own uh, you know, I know that in our our United States, the uh, presidential campaign in November is uh, going to be a very uh, dark one. But I yeah. said the one thing I think everybody can get behind is a, a bounty hunter campaign uh, the next 45 days from Dominic Pace himself to where I'm, I'm going to be able to uh hopefully campaign to be hopefully the next boss or Dengar at some point. I know, you know, the original bounty hunters only had less than a minute screen time. I'm yeah. hoping that uh in the years to come, uh, I love the look of the character. I personally made sure that I didn't go on set until I had that mask, because for me, you know the intricacy of Star Wars characters. The more detail for me, the better. And Stephen A. Foro, the costume designer, as well as Brian, I, I did not want to leave. They, I was in a rush, and they misplaced my mask. But I said, "No, no, no!" I, I picked the biggest blaster, and I picked that that mask because I said, "This is going to make an awesome figure one day." I'm six foot four, 260 pounds. The shape of most Star Wars fans, so where we're big, we're burly, we like to throw back a beer and and have a burger. I said, "There's no six foot four other than IG88." So. God willing, uh, hopefully, uh, things will come through for me. And, and I've just been grateful for Disney for allowing me this opportunity, especially during this time where the film industry has been shut down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. so it's, it's beautiful. The, the amount of, uh, Things that uh, come out on uh, on Netflix and and uh, Prime and all the other new streaming platforms because uh, and and of course the Disney Plus. Uh, in fact, I only got Disney Plus for The Mandalorian and and then I worried about what else was available afterwards. <laughs> but um, the you know uh, it, coming up with all these different venues uh, and abilities to to move forward and not just worry about major film. I mean, when you as you mentioned, uh, the bounty hunters had uh, like only a mere seconds on screen. And yet they had their own figures, you know, like Bosque and, and IG-88 and, and some of the others. And, um, you know, they, they were through catalogs and sticker books and everything back in the 80s. And to, to now have uh, bigger uh, streaming availabilities and, and bigger uh, companies and production companies, and now that it's under Disney, uh, I can't see why um, or, or why, why they wouldn't uh, try to push more of their unique bounty hunters out. Uh, because there there are so many different, uh, you know, revenues or, or channels through uh, which Star Wars is now represented, be it like comic or cartoons or, or books or audio. And and, uh, and then, of course, uh, shows like The Mandalorian and some of these other spinoffs that uh, are in the works.
2: I, I agree with you 100%. My concern just being second team for season one is just that when the new wave of season two comes along, I just want to make sure that I'm not being uh, buried uh, with the new ca- content. I think he's going to do some intermingling, intertwining with uh, the Clone Wars and with Rebels. And obviously, a lot of times, just like Black Series, they even focus on, you know, obviously the A-list of A-list characters within the universe. So I feel like I'm, I'm racing against the clock to get everything in before October. But I, I think my campaign and also my pitch to my agent as well as to Brian, uh, once we uh, season three embark, uh, I want to just go ahead and, and give the best uh, college try I can. And then hopefully see where the chips lie. I think I, I've gotten some pretty good momentum. And the great thing, again, with the Star Wars characters, is sometimes they manifest themselves over two, three, four years. I mean, look at Boba Fett. He would have not killed him off, thrown him in the Sarlacc pit, had he not known how famous and popular Boba was going to become. So I'm hoping for the same fate. Uh, you know, the way that Hollywood, the industry is right now, a lot of actors, sometimes they shy away from being typed into one character. Well, I think I might be the first Star Wars actor that got the tattoo of my character on my body, I think I might be the first one uh, that <laughs> did that. So I, I'm all in on Gecko. I, I went all in with Gecko with every single thing, and I'm hoping that it'll continue on, just like most Star Wars fans uh, uh, dream. There, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think I think uh, I mean with Star Wars right now, I think every character that gets created at this point is is extremely deliberate. So the fact that uh, you're not dead and and you know there's still lots of show to make. I think the chances are pretty good that uh, you're sticking hoping. around. Yeah, so. for
1: sure. Well, and you're so interactive and um, you know, uh, I had I had actually uh, had shared out uh, your your birthday greeting post that you had put out. Uh, I thought that was so amazing of you, you know, like there there are people out there that uh, you know, a lot of actors that have a part and they try to uh, you know, they 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 do the um um I can't remember what platform it's called, where you were basically you can you do shout outs for for twenty or thirty or forty or a hundred dollars, yeah, whatever yeah. people want, and and yeah, that's it, and and you're you're willing to uh, give a shoutout to to Star Wars fans uh, as a birthday greeting for for free, and uh, it's it's really amazing of you.
2: Oh no, absolutely. Uh, listen, I, I got to be honest. Over the last seven months, the Star Wars fan base has literally supported me. I, I have not worked. Uh, in seven months, I mean, well, about three months. Uh, let's, I mean, before uh, COVID, I, I booked a few, uh, roles. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, literally over the last seven months, just buying my autograph and the fans who have bought, like, you know, some fan art, my challenge coin or a signed tracking fob or bounty hunter puck, I, just day in and day out, I'll get a notification from PayPal. And it, it's like, I can't do enough for the fan base just because I'm so grateful, not only, uh, for, for this opportunity within the last few months of them supporting me, but also just the fact that, uh, I, I just am, and still beyond words being in this business for over 20 years and to again have received this kind of attention for less than one minute screen time even though we all know how popular and famous star wars is mm-hmm. i'm still shell-shocked at the fact that uh, i've been getting this type of uh, notoriety and, I, and i'm grateful every single day and humbled by it
1: you know it and it is amazing because uh like you said with the the, the small amount of screen time that you get i mean you're forever emblazoned into uh, star Wars history. And, and it happened with Boba Fett. I mean, here was a character who got very little, uh, very, very little time and, uh, and, and became actually a fan favorite, uh, you know, even, even over like Luke Skywalker himself and, 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 uh, Han Solo that, uh, people would like idolize the, the mystery of, of, uh, the bounty hunter, uh, bounty hunter at Boba Fett, and uh, and now here you are as one of them. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie, uh, it was my birthday a couple days ago, and I was uh, I was browsing through your site, and uh, I kind of missed the obviously uh, a cutoff on on trying to uh, get some of that sweet merch to, to come this way. But uh, I, I'm totally uh, amazed by your you know your your puck and uh, and uh, well even your autograph. It, I mean, it you've got a, a really nice setup of uh, a lot of the uh, the things that people can buy and. Uh, uh, you, you know, our listeners really have to get that chance to kind of go over, take a peek at your site, and check it out. It's, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, the website's gecko the bounty hunter dot com. But I'm really excited, even amongst all the crazy conditions in uh, America right now, uh, to hopefully meet a lot of people in person. Again, this will, you know, this tour is really to support small business. A percentage of the proceeds and then the, uh, the, the sales are going to go towards uh, the store themselves. Uh, you know, every business right now, and whether it's in Canada, America, Throughout the world is essential, you know, and uh, for me to take on this journey, it's not only exciting as a Star Wars fan, but also I feel like it's all of our duties right now to be able to get these mom and pops back off the ground because everyone's kind of suffering uh, in one way or another just due to all the, the lack of uh, volume uh, just due to the, uh, the COVID there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, just even with a, a lot of the online content, uh, you know, your regular comic book shops and stuff, they're really struggling. You know, it used to be just, uh, you know, they sold comics and then they had to start kind of bringing in toys. That would kind of keep things going. And now they got to bring in board games and, you know, they've had to expand beyond just comics. And uh, knowing that they've got uh, a celebrity such as yourself in their corners is just amazing.
2: Absolutely. Now, yeah, one hand washes the other and uh, really excited for this trip. I'm bringing my 11 year old along with me it's uh, pretty ambitious, but at the same time I believe in the character. Uh, I love our country and uh I, I have I'm so I I've sort of been a blue collar actor to where I've never made any excuses. I've never expected the town to give me anything and the one thing I appreciate about a lot of mom and pops is they got it done themselves. So it's very parallel to the to the story of the working act of the ninety nine percent of us who don't have uh, you know, the big million dollar mansions and just have to work day by day. So I'm I'm honored to be alongside so many of them along with the Star Wars fan base in America here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um now you had uh I so I've got I've got to ask you uh, I had just found out recently that uh the the robotic bartender in the Mandalorian was actually voiced by Mark Hamill himself. Yeah. <laughs> did uh, did you happen to uh cross uh many of these other characters when you were there on set because I know sometimes the way they shoot things that they don't have everybody all together. Um yeah. Uh, did did you uh happen to cross Mark Hamill at all while you were on set at all?
2: No, no, no. I mean, the one thing with voiceovers, I just had a friend that uh, that just finished a major Pixar movie, and they didn't even even get a chance to meet Chris Pratt or anybody else until the premiere. Oh so, wow! You know, a lot of times with the voiceovers, they're pretty obscure because they get to do it on their time, yes. especially when they're A-list, like either Hamill or Pascal. Uh, but the great experience was being opposite Brendan Wayne, who was a third of the Mandalorian. Matter of fact, maybe two thirds of Mandalorian. Uh, and that Pedro, you know, pretty much just did the voice. Yeah. Uh, but most of the times where it wasn't a major stunt uh uh performed by Latif I believe his name is just an amazing acrobatic stunt guy um Brendan Wayne was the grandson of John Wayne who I spent the most amount of time with along with the legendary Carl Weathers as an Italian American you know we also grew up on rocky and and whether you're African American community or Italian American community in the northeast uh we were heavily inspired by that uh, whole series so uh, to be alongside him and to flank him uh was just a dream come true I'd like to believe that you know being a member of the Bounty Hunter Guild uh, to be able to flank the head of the guild uh so closely during that standoff i'd like to believe that gecko is viewed in high regard within the guild so hopefully there'll be more on that storyline uh, in years to come uh, uh god willing from either dave or john or, or even the legendary now deborah chow who i owe a lot to she directed episode three yeah. and she's also heading up the kenobi series so I, I always like to believe people say what is your dream uh, uh future there for gecko it would be to go back in the past and to be a, a secret splinter cell where vader commissions uh, a group of bounty hunters to look after to go after luke uh, to where they get their butt kicked by kenobi on tatooine so hopefully uh these things will come to fruition but uh either way i'm just very grateful to Deborah Chow, as she handpicked me to be part of episode three there
1: that's amazing you know it'd be really nice if you can you could cross over into some of the other episodes that uh obviously that are coming up or the new star wars stories that are coming up uh the beautiful thing with uh, bounty hunters and and alien races uh, is you don't necessarily have to be uh, locked into a certain time period, right? Like who knows if you're you know with with like y- the baby Yoda? I mean his his race obviously lives for like uh, you know a thousand or three thousand years. So yeah. um, you know yeah. who's to say that uh, you know Gecko can't be like two hundred years old? You know it and, and, and still just a surprise.
2: So uh, absolutely. The only thing, you know, in this town is just, you know, it's like the uh, Goldman Sachs in terms of the financial world to where you have William Morris, UTA, ICM, uh, you know, um, uh, Endeavor, these major, major agencies where, you know, the wall to get into them or to get that phone call in, even through my agent or through my uh, manager is sometimes difficult. So that's why we're hitting the road. We're showing them uh, you can't necessarily pick up the phone and or tag Dave and say, hey, by the way. <laughs> um, but I'd like to believe, you know, all the good good uh, will that we're doing out there, the passion that we have. And also, I believe that I'm I'm a strong actor, you know, being a veteran for 20-plus years. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping they're taking notice. And, again, we're not looking to have our own side story, but just to be part of a a splinter cell of six or seven where you've got that one big bounty hunter. Amazing uh, gauntlets, which are thick as anything, uh, that I think can do a lot of special things, along with an amazing blaster. Uh, Less agility, but uh, a very, very cool look. Uh, Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens.
0: For sure. Nice. Nice. Well, sidestepping Star Wars for a second is... um is there anything else right now that uh, you, can, you can share with us that you have in the pipeline? Or is that your, is just yeah. the Star Wars uh, your primary focus right now?
2: Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, I've been a working character actor and uh, still continue to work. I finished recent guest stars on popular shows on Fox uh, called 911 and Deputy, Deputy mm-hmm. uh, and also in NCIS LA last year. And then I'm starring in a feature film I'm very proud of. It's called Anonymous Killers. It'll be out later this fall on VOD most likely, on Amazon or either Netflix. And it's about five killers. Uh, it's going to talk about the uh, social structure in America. And the great thing about it is whether you're swing to the right or you swing to the left, everyone's going to leave with a different feeling. The director sort of uh, takes you in a certain direction, but he doesn't necessarily swing one way or the other. And it's just about those who come from privilege, those who may not. Uh, and these five killers are trapped uh, by basically the top 1%. And they have to give a deliberation as to why they did what they did in their life. The only thing they have in common is that they killed. But what it brings forth is just how people from sort of poverty-stricken, um, uh, uh, you know, upbringing, uh have to do what they have to do in order to survive. So some of the killers you might sympathize with, maybe a woman or a Latina where her mother got raped, or uh, an Italian-American where... There weren't too many options. You know, you joined the mafia back in the 40s or the 70s or the 80s, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, or others, you know, you just don't have that sympathy for. But it's going to bring forth a lot of great issues. It's not just going to be blood and guts and shooting and action. I'm um, really excited about it. Starring as Romero Scarinelli, directed by A.R. Hilton. That'll be out later this fall. And also uh, uh, co-starring opposite Tyler Maine uh, from X-Men and Halloween in a feature film called Psychosis. And they're still uh, working on the, uh, wrapping up the uh, distribution on that. Uh, and then there's also a little horror film uh, called Follow Me. Uh, it's uh, a good little uh, sociological thriller as well. And uh, that should be coming out hopefully later this year to uh, VOD as well. So a lot in the work. Uh, but right now we're all in on Gecko. And uh, like I said, God willing, uh, Disney will pick us up uh, a little bit longer. And if anything, uh, just be able to get that Hasbro or that uh, Funko Pop so I can Put the icing on the cake for this dream uh, that came true.
1: <laughs> I, I'm uh, definitely awesome, going to grab the Funko Pop when that comes out. I don't I don't collect a lot of the, that stuff anymore. Uh, I do have a lightsaber on the wall in my studio, um, but uh, that would be really cool if you you were uh, immortalized in a Funko Pop nowadays.
0: Thank you. No, I agree. I actually wanted to go back and ask you about um, Bright because I had watched the behind-the-scenes uh, with some of the makeup artistry there. Um, mm-hmm. was that as grueling as it looked like? Uh, well, um, for me it was uh, because again, just like Gecko, they put a lot of work into
2: Gecko. That took me two hours, but for this one, being one of the orcs, this was just basically just like the Tradocians in, uh, you see in the canteen in episode one and three, it, it was just mm-hmm. a one piece. So the only thing, uh, that you need to be, uh, just mentally prepared for is just the fact that it's very snug. You can go, your mind can go one of two ways. <laughs> it's just like going down a, a pipe water slide. You either feel comforted or you start freaking out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so it's funny because when I did Frankenstein the first time and I was with Brian, uh, Brian Steib actually worked on that as well. I didn't. We didn't know each other personally at that time. I freaked out when they put the mask on me because it was not. It's not a Halloween mask. It does not give you any type of wiggle room at all. And there is a moment to where you might have a sip through uh, or breathe through a straw, which will make you freak out oh, for wow. uh, a minute or so. Um, just because it's really, I mean, you can see how real, uh, it looks, you know, Mm -hmm. some of this makeup, but that was just a one piece. The greatest thing, if I can just add a story to that, uh, similar to, uh, um, Hugh Jackman, uh, working in 2002 with Will Smith. The reason these guys are movie stars is not just for luck. I mean, a lot of times they say, ah, you have to get lucky, whatever. It's the hard work and the passion and determination that they put in day in and day out. We were on the 14th hour. We're doing this sort of ritual thing with Joel Edgerton, where he's being dipped into some kind of hole of some sort there. I don't know what's going on, but, but anyhow, we are in some kind of a, a ritualistic church mm-hmm. and the energy that Will Smith had on the 13th and 15th hour where we're all just kind of dragging with the director, uh, I believe it's David Ayer from suicide squad, uh, was just absolutely second to none. And it was such an inspirational experience to see his positive energy day in and day out. And, and it was so, you know, in the same with you in that it's just so inspiring to see them where they have enough money for five lifetimes, but they still give one hundred and ten percent, even in the thirteenth and fifteenth hour.
1: Yeah, it truly shows. Um, you know, when you have uh, an actor who really enjoys what they're doing, they're not doing it for the paycheck or the payoff or the cash in. It's it's because they enjoy doing it, and that they really want their their viewers to uh, to believe what's what's being told.
2: That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, and the great thing for all of us is you know, to make sure I've been telling my sons too. you know, we've been talking about finances and, and college. Now, you know, my oldest son is 14. I said, please, no matter what Dante because you know, obviously we talk about mansions and fancy cars. I say, no matter what, I said, make sure you do what you love, make sure you do what makes you happy. Because to me, ultimately, as much as it's been a struggle through all the odd jobs, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how grateful I am that I, I never gave up and I followed my dream. Uh, because even though, you know, every now and then it might be 15 minutes of fame every two or three months, uh, there was no better joy then knowing that you worked hard, you maybe you know drove Uber or worked for a moving company or whatever you're doing. Even you know, say somebody's a Walmart cashier. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have your eyes on that dream. Uh, I, I tell you, in my own opinion, you will have more fulfillment in your life uh, through pursuing that dream as opposed to just succumbing sometimes to the regular day to day salary where it's a comfort check, but also at the same time, I don't feel it's the hundred percent fulfillment uh, that we all strive for. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Now I know a lot of people end up uh, starting off in. Um... In like you said, kind of those those uh, one ofs or those blue collar ones. But uh, did you have you ever done uh, a commercial?
2: Uh yeah, yeah. There's actually one cut for Farmer Boys. Uh, it's a local uh, uh, restaurant chain here, like a burger chain, you know, very casual. And okay. uh, I play a, det- a very angry detective, and their mascot is a scarecrow. So I'm going in and I'm interrogating the scarecrow. So it's kind of a funny little thing. I'm happy to send it to you guys if you ever have a link or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. But the only thing, I mean, just I don't mean to get into detail with the business. The only thing I don't like with commercial auditions is they'll call in 100 to 150 people. And with television and film, they narrow it down to a specific type. So when you go in for TV and film, you're going up against 15 to 20 actors. But for commercials, I've kind of dug my feet in the sand. I've been a little stubborn with it. Just because I, out of respect to other actors, I don't like the fact that they call in so many people. So it's still out there for me. My agent gets mad at me. I, I, I have no ego at all. But it's just the issue of if you were to go for job uh, applications and know there's 15 people online or there's 150, you're going to be a little bit more discouraged to go on those 150 line, uh, lineups there.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was always curious because uh, it's always amazing when you come across a, an actor um, who, you know, eventually hits that A list. Like you, you look at someone like Keanu Reeves and all his John Wick movies and everything that he's done. And yet he started off doing a cornflakes commercial.
2: Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> We have one with uh, Nationwide Insurance, uh, Megan. Oh God, she's the star of the uh, uh, not Megan Rappin, not Rapino, but uh, one of the other stars of uh, the women's soccer team, championship soccer team. Uh, I, I was part, uh, I was part of that as well. But yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. For me, it's going to be oh, there he is on a lot of the uh, TV shows and this dreaded B movie I, I unfortunately did called Megalodon. It was one of the, <laughs> oh, the asylum films. Yes. Oh have my seen God! That. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It, it's, it's those movies where it's like so bad it's good but the yeah. problem is when you're a strong actor they're giving you 15 pages to film a day because they're on such a low budget mm-hmm. so uh you know it doesn't really give you the opportunity to kind of work the movie they're trying to do a hundred million dollar film with like fifty thousand dollars so chances are it's going to be very campy and cheesy um so yeah hopefully uh, one day they're going to say hey i saw you in megalodon and i'm always going to turn Beat red uh, just because of that but you know <laughs> look you, Again, same thing. You got to take the work. I know that David. Uh, oh God, oh uh, uh, God, I forget his name. He started in NYPD Blue, but he, his first job he was Cariden, he was yeah. talking to an ice cream cone. You know. Yep. So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it, it, and you know it's just like Bruce Campbell. You know how many campy stuff he does, but he is so loved because of the cult classics that follow it. And and you know it's like yeah. you look at uh, movies like Sharknado. Uh, it, yeah. it's ridiculous, but people yeah. love them. Uh, so it's not to say that you're not going to come across a Megalodon, uh, mega fan out there. Who's going to
2: say
0: this was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> a Megalo fan. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I certainly have. It's so funny. And, and it was so funny because I had a few props and this one guy was like really gushing. And I'm like, really, really? I'm like, listen, I said, tell me your address. Cause I've got like, you know, I've got this cigar I use with Michael Madsen and I've got, you know, my, my streeper pads. And I said, go ahead, you know, please. You know, yeah. being the one fan, I'm very flattered. But that's uh, amazing. No, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, look, you that's know, it's great
1: that
0: you're a it, good sport like, about it too. Like, yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I do have to ask you, and and I know that it's it, maybe maybe it's something you you can't uh, you know uh, deny and or say that it is possible, but um, because this is Star Wars and you are such a huge fan and you've got such a big collection at home. What what was it like? Or were you were you tempted to be like? I need this for my collection. Oh, need, need what? Uh, Just um, anything that you came across on set.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Everything>. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, god. You know, it's so funny because uh, over the years, you know, I, the thing is, is it's a very tightly knit community. So yes, in my in the back of my mind, absolutely. The one great thing is these fans have been so amazing that they literally even created my own blaster. Um, and I gave them all the details from it. But, yes, when I'm at the bar in episode three, you've got a really uh, clear shot of me and Chris uh, Bartlett, who plays Zero. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. And uh, that tracking fob's going off. And I'll tell you, right before lunch, you know, I had that tracking fob in my hand, and it's completely operational. I've got a few of them going to be selling on my tour. But, oh, my God, you you know, you definitely want to put in your pocket. But the thing is, again, it's just this is – it's like the mafia. I mean, you know, if you were to take anything – but I had a really funny story, though. I had the Shawshank Redemption kind of moment, you know, where they keep putting dirt in their uh, their boot and shaking it out every day to yep. escape. Well, during the standoff in Navarro, there was a huge it was a huge battle scene. It was even more that they filmed. So every day there would be some black dirt that went in my boot, and then even in our dressing room we were being watched. And so I would take that black dirt and I'd put it in my pocket. And there was a <laughs> uh, a, a huge comic book fan before the show came out, and he was just such a good friend. Uh, I gave him a vial. And I was nervous, actually, because I'm like, wait, if I send this to the post office, they're going to think like this is any kind of like anthrax or something. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, so I was like, I almost like emailed, I mailed them, and I'm like, I, dude, I'm afraid to send this out. But I sent him the black dirt and hopefully it's uh, well kept in a nice, uh, vial with a nice shadow box frame with a Mandalorian figure there and hopefully a gecko figure one of these days.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It'd be funny if
0: you got like a cease and desist letter from Disney. They're like, we're missing 30 grams of dirt from <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> they
0: just weigh it all at the end of the day.
2: Oh, please! I'm, 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 I'm guys! I'm holding my breath until the end of the tour. So I'm like, please don't email me! Please don't email me until I'm done with the tour, you know. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, they, they've been really cool. And like I said, I, I know they know about me. And and God willing, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue on. I understand there's going to be five seasons. Um, and and step one will be hopefully getting that Marvel comic book. I've already read issue one and two of Star Wars Bounty Hunters uh, by Ethan Sachs and Paolo Benelli Uh, so hopefully God willing, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be able to rise up here and become hopefully the next four or Zook is there
1: for sure. And, and I don't know if you've ever read it. There was a book that came out not too, too long ago called the bounty hunter tales. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a novel and it basically went back after the, the whole scene in sky city, uh, and it followed each one of those bounty hunters and what happened to them next. And including, um, uh, Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc pit and uh, approaching uh, General um, Solo, and, and he was quite old. So oh, uh, wow. yeah, uh, in a in a final standoff. So it's uh... we're we're,
2: ho- we're hopeful. I've been getting a lot of fan fiction. I've got a few short stories on my page, Lair the Gecko. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then even on Wikipedia, a gentleman created a planet even for me called Sharadon or Shara- uh species. So. Ah, uh, the fans have just been absolutely amazing, but we just wanted to come from the uh, from the Gold Palace above at the top floor of Disney, uh, so we get that true that true canon blessing uh, throughout all the fa- fan fiction, or not fan fiction, but but the true canon uh, stories there. Yeah, for sure.
1: Excellent. Well, how about we move into the second part of our uh, our, our our show and uh, get on with uh, Maddie's uh, Rapid Fire
0: questions. Rapid Fire questions. Perfect. All right, let's start it off. So uh, you can take a little bit of time to answer. Don't think you're under the gun here. If you can't think of it, just say pass, and we'll move on to the next one. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, what made-up word would you register into the English language?
2: Oh, oh I want Gecko to speak a certain uh, language, uh, so I would say to make the word
0: "huties" official. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the scariest dream that you can remember?
2: Uh, sleep paralysis, uh, to where uh, you're being dragged away, or you're trying to yell at somebody, but you can't get the words out uh, because your your jaw and everything is kind of trapped and frozen as you're trying to scream at somebody in in the
0: dream. Wow, I've had that, and that does suck. Yeah. Um, what superpower do you wish you had?
2: Uh, oh, the, um, just the Jedi Force, uh, you know, um, yes. where you're able to push somebody back.
0: Excellent. Force push. Uh, what's your earliest childhood memory?
2: Um, I, my my parents—they uh, were two hot-headed Italian Americans—and they tried to save the marriage in Hawaii. They moved to Hawaii. They thought that maybe, perhaps, uh, you know, they, they could in, in an area of paradise they can maybe get along better. Uh, so it was just <laughs> um, the smell of my father's uh, deodorant and uh, being put on one of those air mattresses uh, while there was a, a party or a gathering in Waikiki uh, probably when I was uh, two years older so Uh, that's about as early as I can go back, yeah.
0: yeah, that's that's early, that's amazing. Um, What activity makes you the happiest?
2: I I enjoy performance. Uh, You know, the adrenaline rush, of that standoff in Navarro, I wish I could have taken every Star Wars fan inside my body because uh, I get what's called tunnel vision. It's almost like the matrix where the universe leaves you and all of a sudden you go into that world and a lot of times when I'm doing modern day crime dramas you don't really feel that magic but for me Growing up with uh the science fiction films, the reason I want to be a part of this, this uh this industry, uh it just made it extremely magical to have been amongst that universe, uh the Star Wars universe, our beloved universe, uh during that week. So really it is performance, but performance in uh some of my, my favorite genres, which is obviously sci fi and Star Wars. Yeah, amazing.
0: Great answer. Uh what foreign language would you most like to learn?
2: I enjoy uh, German. I like the firmness of it, the strength. Before we had children, I started to uh, uh, learn it uh, just a little bit. I know uh,
0: I, I'm partial in Italian,
2: um, but uh, with German, I, I just enjoy the strength of that language. Nice.
0: Cool. Um, if you could pick a decade to live in for a little while, which one would you choose?
2: Oh, hands down the 1950s. I, I'm not a huge uh, uh, you know believer in all the little you know crazy uh, beliefs that go out there in terms of reincarnation, but I've always loved fifties music. Even when I was a kid, I loved Dion and the Belmonts. It's really odd that I love Harry Connick Jr. versus like Metallica or Def Leppard or Poison. I'd be listening to freaking, uh, Dion and the Belmonts while I'm, I'm washing the dishes or doing chores in the house. So really it was the 1950s. I felt like there was a level of innocence. Uh, I felt like the love between a man and a woman was really, uh, just so connected back then. I'm not extremely religious, but just that purity of maybe, you know, meeting your high school love and having that person with you the rest of your life to where you're not having 30 to 50 hookups in this day and age of independence with men and women. Um, I, I actually love that innocence where I would have loved to have had that level of innocence as well to just have that one true love uh, and to, you know, grow old together and such. And you know, I'm happy to be married and, 20, 20, you know, for 25, uh, be together for 25 years with my wife. But ultimately, that era seems just a lot more pure in certain ways in terms of the tradition of marriage, which I always appreciate.
1: Yeah, 100% yep. on board with that vision. That That is absolutely amazing. Well, Well said.
0: Um, do you have a go-to joke? No. <laughs> that's fair that's fair because uh, you don't because you don't, don't want to tell him.
2: oh yes no no actually actually we do it's so funny because it actually is incorporated with star wars so with okay. family guy it's always with you know where he watches uh, the movies i think you guys have seen that to so where the title of the movie comes up he's like there he said it he said it right yeah so yeah, yeah so with my, with my kids anytime we're watching you know be like we're, we're heading for the perfect storm and it's like ah there he goes so anyhow when i was doing star wars when i was doing the mandalorian um uh, Carl Weathers says, Because I'm your only hope and I'm like cracking up inside because i was like, can you imagine getting thrown off set being like, wait, time out, time out. He said it. He said it.
1: <laughs> so that would be it.
2: Anytime like you hear the title of a movie, just going back to Peter Griffin and being like, Ah, ha, ha, there he goes. So,
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Sweet. All right. What's uh what was the first movie to ever make you cry?
2: Um E.T. Yeah, it was the ending of E.T. Uh, 1982 and uh, having black yep. licorice twizzlers in uh, Yonkers, New York, movie land. And uh, yeah, it was E.T. And then the most, the one that was the most intense of all time. I don't even own a dog, but uh, my dog Skip, please. It just is uh, beyond words. Uh, it, it's the most yeah. beautiful film ever, but uh, there's no way I can even keep my composure at the end of that film. It's just so powerful.
1: You know how many people come up with E.T. and all I can remember is E.T. scared the living crap out of me as a kid. And and I to the point that I actually had E. T. nightmares for twelve years.
0: Yeah. No, but when they're trying to capture him and stuff, and then at the end, it's sad.
1: Yeah, the, the you end. Know, is I know. Really powerful. I know. But when he jumped out of the bush screaming, like it's like <laughs> I probably. No, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm. I was lucky. I, I didn't pa- drop a deuce in my yeah. pants. So it's uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: The one that used to. I had two. Two that used to freak me out as a kid. One was Poltergeist, the guy peeling off his face, yep. and then in Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, where they would put that little thing in the his ear, that little ear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oof. That uh, you know, I was at the ripe right age of those, and that really got me. Yep. Oh yeah.
0: Mine was so always cool. Chucky. I don't know why, but my cousins let me watch Chucky when I was really young, and that always that always freaked me out. I had to. My sister had all these dolls. I had to like <laughs> put them in her closet and shut the door. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how would you spend $100 million? Oh,
2: uh, well, I'll tell you, it's a really good story because I've been saying a lot lately. Um, after I went to Galaxy's Edge, you know, my whole dream for years as a diehard Star Wars fan would be to have a really good detailed life-size Millennium Falcon with a man cave in the back where on Sundays we can do charities for kids in need. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, for football uh, Saturdays and, and uh, you know, baseball games just to have that beautiful flat screen. But I'll tell you... After seeing the volume in person, this LED screen that's used in the Mandalorian, it would basically be to create a very, very big, large, extra bedroom to where you can have a 270 degree surrounding of about maybe 13 different channels. This thing, I don't care what IMAX film theater you've been to, there is nothing compared to the clarity of this screen in person. I have never seen anything like it in my life. And I'll tell you, if you combine, let's say, you know, orchestral music, with you know, say thirteen different channels and this kind of clarity, you may never need to leave your house ever again.
1: <laughs> Mad- Maddie and I are two cities <laughs> apart, and I just heard him orgasm.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that sounds freaking uh, awesome. Do you know how many times I go? Day, to, <laughs> every time I go to Maddie's first... house, and he keeps getting a bigger TV every time I show up. <laughs> now he's gonna
0: look
2: for a two hundred eight inch TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I'm I'm mating them and growing new ones. <laughs> I-
2: I was going for my screen test, and I was completely distracted because you guys got to go back and watch episode one or three. Werner Herzog, the back of his office, look at that little window. Look at the back of his office. It looks so real. That is the LED screen. It's the LED screen, I swear to God. Oh, wow. it, and I, I, I kept staring at it. The ceiling they would create into drywall to where that was part of his office and that was real, real practical effect. But the wall itself is actually fake. And if you look at it, you'll be like, okay, now I to see what you're talking about. But it is absolutely insane to see it in person because it looks so ridiculously real.
1: Wow. That's amazing.
2: Wow. That's,
0: That's so cool. Wow.
1: Yep. I have My to inner nerd thing. is totally honking out right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, next question. Uh, what's the last thing you did just for yourself?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. That's a good question. Oh, man, you know, it's it's crazy you say that, and I'm glad I have to think about it, because, uh, you know, when you have kids, I mean, uh, you know, you start putting them uh, first all the time. I do like Vegas. Uh, I have Vegas under control, um, but I would say selfishly I do enjoy crap, and uh throwing down a $1,000 just, you know, without a care, uh, I guess that would be the answer. It's just I'll put it on what's called the don't – um uh, for the 7 to not uh, – lay the 10 or lay the 4, to so where you're hoping for the 7 to come up before either the 10 or the 4, and, yep. uh, you'll get, if you put down a thousand, you'll win 500 because you have a two thirds chance of the seven coming up. So, uh, that's my bet. So I guess that would be it because, uh, you know, just, uh, putting it towards Vegas, uh, and for their electricity is probably a pretty selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, no, Hey, that's cool, man. Um, yeah. what do you do when you can't fall asleep?
2: Uh, you know, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. I, I mean, thankfully I have, I've been on a schedule for the last four or five years to where I can make my own hours. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, you're flipping through social media, you know, and trying to just stay away from social or political issues because no matter who you are, you're going it's gonna piss you off and you're gonna get into rage and get banned from Facebook for thirty days, yep. you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. Um yeah. oh, great answer. Um, what uh what activity makes you totally lose track of time? Uh
2: you know, I really enjoy taking my sons to uh, to baseball, but again, I love this business so much. Being on set, and if I'm uh, a lead or a guest star in a show, uh, I'm completely forgotten. You know, I completely forget it. And even if you're doing 15, 16 hour days, to so where normally that would just seem excruciating for any job, I don't even think about it. I did about 15 hours with Ronda Rousey on 911 uh, on Fox, and I, it was in the middle of the night in a cold, damp uh, a warehouse, and I was just in my glory, uh, just enjoying doing what I love and and being grateful to uh, finally, you know, make it to the major league. Uh, and more of a consistent level after, you know, 20 years of pursuing. So I would say either performing or being at a baseball game with my boys. Right on.
0: Awesome. Um, what's the best thing you've ever eaten?
2: Oh, wow. What a good question. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. That's a great question. Oh man. You know, I got to say, um, my mom used to make an amazing veal Parmesan where the veal was nice and thin and then the mozzarella was crisp. And, uh, you know, even the leftover for a day would kind of be able to stick together and, you know, have the cheese and the marinara and the veal uh, in such a oh. great way. Though that That's the first thing that would come to my Making mind. Making me hungry, Yeah, man. that sounds so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I both love and hate that question. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the last question, what's the favorite podcast you've been on in the last 12 hours?
2: Ah, well, you
0: guys right here. Absolutely, <laughs> without question. Excellent. And, you know, I'll
2: tell you. I've been on three within the last uh, 24 hours, so you guys get take the cake. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun Uh, with you guys. uh, Excellent. I was (laughs) going to say,
1: you know, you probably had a lot before you head out. So, uh, you know, we were. I was. I was holding my breath for that one.
2: No, no. Please. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate
1: we'll be, you guys. We can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, we we'd love to hear more uh, that uh, comes up, and and you know, uh, stay in touch. We'd like to hear what's happening more in the the, the world of the gecko, and uh, if uh, if uh, Disney is going to continue on your character, um, because uh, it's definitely a really cool character. He's very unique, and uh, I'd love to definitely see
0: more of him on the screen. Yeah, as soon as the canon so edition comes out, I'm signing it for you. Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Lair of the Gecko for all your listeners on Facebook. Thank you so much. It's where I post uh, regularly. And of course, uh, Dominic Pace on Twitter, Instagram, and then gecko the uh, com for some updates there as well. But thank you guys so much and hope everyone stays safe during this crazy time right now.
1: Thanks. You have a wonderful you tour well. and, uh, and travel safe. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a great evening. Thanks. You too. You Thanks, too. Dominic. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. So, this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our
0: website, Thefap.ca. On uh Twitter is the fab4. You can get us on Instagram is the fab podcast. Don't forget our Facebook, the freaking awesome podcast, and uh, you can always reach out via email, at gmail.com. I'm on the area on the air, we got this podcast.
1: Ah, oh, not again. Wicked sweet. Eh. <laughs>